Hi, I'm Jeremy Larson, the Reviews Director of Pitchfork, and this podcast is supported by Pitchfork Music Festival. Pitchfork Music Festival will take place July 19th through the 21st at Union Park in Chicago, Illinois. This year's lineup features Jamie XX, Alanis Morissette, Black Pumas, Carly Rae Jepsen, Brittany Howard, Jay Paul, Muna, Jesse Ware, 100 Gex, and many more. The festival also features diverse vendors as well as specialty record, poster, and craft fairs and works to support local businesses while promoting the Chicago arts and food communities as a whole. For more information on tickets and lineup, visit pitchforkmusicfestival.com. This is the Pitchfork Review. I'm Pooja Patel, the editor-in-chief, and today we're talking about the Grammys. Who was nominated, and more importantly, who we think should win. And later in the show, we'll get into who was snubbed too, at least according to us. So stick around for that. I'm here with our reviews editor, Jeremy Larson, and senior staff writer, Mark Hogan. Welcome to music's biggest night! <laughs> hey, friends. Thank Woo! you. Yes, 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 the biggest podcast. <laughs> Mark, can I ask, how does it feel, you know, I think of you as our music industry guy, which means that I also think of you as our Grammys guy, (laughs) though I know you have very strong feelings about the Grammys. I don't know. I mean, it feels like it's sort of the equivalent of like an industry convention, you know, or a trade show Mm -hmm. almost. It's it's, here's where the industry comes together to celebrate itself. And, you know, I mean, there's lots of talented musicians who are among the voters and execs and that sort of thing. It's interesting to hear it called a trade show, um, <laughs> a, a big conference in an arena, uh, because I feel like we have a kind of interesting relationship with the Grammys being a indie-spirited, indie music publication that does genuinely love pop music and genuinely loves all of the things that the Grammys celebrate uh, let me backtrack let's say like 45 percent of the things that the grammys celebrate 45 to 75 percent of the things that the grammys celebrate but i feel like it's always kind of strange because there's this weird disconnect between how much we actually care like there's this weird thing about how we do care who wins how we're always hoping for the grammys to make the right decisions and then Also, it's not necessarily speaking to us, right, Jeremy? You know, the Grammys, to me, exist for two groups of people now. I think there are an older group of people who care about Mm -hmm. Herbie Hancock sort of walking along the stage and nodding again and accepting his 89th Grammy. And then there, I think there are a large contingent of younger people who really want to see their favorite pop star win because that's just sort of like another feather in the cap along with chart sales and album sales and the sort of the, the kind of fan talk that you see on social media about whether one artist is better than the other artists or deserving to win. But I think everybody in between, which I think includes all of us, just sort of view the Grammys as something you sort of have to participate in. And it kind of makes you feel a little bit bad about yourself every time you have an I opinion about it. I never feel bad about myself. Oh, I feel terrible about like thinking about having an opinion about this every day because every year it's like Lucy with the football, you know, like you think, oh, maybe they'll do something right. And then they never do. And then you're the one left holding the bag. And it it makes me feel like an idiot. And I don't like being fooled more than once. Well, let's okay. Let's talk about the they 
there. I will say there is something to me, and I think this is why we are like begrudgingly drawn to the Grammys. Like there's something about the legacy of it where Mm -hmm. it's like it is a marker of a moment in time. And it is a marker of like even the way the industry was fumbling in that specific period of time. But I want to maybe like pull back the curtains for like 20 seconds, literally very briefly on the who the they is in the Grammys when we're saying like they are getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. Like who are the people who decide who wins stuff? Well, I mean, it's the Recording Academy and they have uh, a big group of voters and they kind of keep changing the rules every year on what exactly is going on. I mean, there's been these you know genre specific groups to kind of help them get it right. I know that they've expanded the membership uh, with a focus on diversity and being more inclusive in recent years after, you know, criticism. So, uh, yeah, the they is the Recording Academy. Who are like thousands of people that are like artists and producers, yes. people from labels, uh, publicists, industry influencers. Yeah, I mean, and, but I also wanted to add that part of why this matters is that if you win one, it makes a huge difference. You know, I mean, artists will tell you that it can be life changing in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is a big deal just to be able to say, oh, I want a Grammy. That can open huge doors for you. Can you sort of give us an idea of what are the metrics that go into getting a Grammy? Is it just how good your album is to a number of people? Is it album sales? Is it just sort of who's hot right now? Like, why do people vote on or select a certain winner for a certain Grammy? The Grammys definitely aren't just something that reflects sales. I mean, that's kind of where it stands apart from some of the other award shows, uh, the other music award shows, is that it's supposed to be, this reflects what's the best, you know, right? Which is kind of the same thing that Pitchfork tries to designate. It seems like generally they prefer people who play their instruments that you'll see that again and again where it's mm-hmm. oh this person who plays tasteful music and they do it in a an old-fashioned way but do it very very well and proficiently that's the person who more often than not is going to win you know look, look at last year with you know john batiste where he's very agreeable everybody likes him you know and he, he plays his instruments really well um <laughs> it wasn't an album that made a huge impact even he seemed surprised to win when i move my body just like I feel like the Grammys nomination and Barack Obama's annual playlist are like right hand in hand. <laughs> I never thought about it that way, but I love that. It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the biggest artist on the table first. The person who I don't think winning will really change the trajectory of her life at all. It's a huge year for Beyonce yet again. She is very interestingly paired up against... Some familiar faces. Mark, want to talk about Beyonce? Sure. I mean, I think that, you know, just the history again um, of, you know, the, the Academy being asked to be more inclusive. I mean, it had been 14 years last year before John Batiste won. It had been 14 years since the last uh, Black artist won Album of the Year. Who was that? What was the last? Before that, I believe it was Herbie Hancock. And then before that, mm-hmm. I believe it was Ray Charles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's jazz and R&B piano right. players. Um, so A very specific kind of music. You know, and I think that Beyonce has got a case for some of her albums. I mean, I thought her self-titled album was the best of its year. That mm-hmm. was a whole controversy that, that that didn't win. So I think it'd be meaningful for a black female artist, you know, 41 years old to be 
the person who has the most Grammys. I think she also, though, over the years, most of her Grammys have not come in, you know, the biggest categories. I mean, she got Song mm-hmm. of the Year for Single Ladies, but she's usually it's these categories that aren't on TV. So you can get her to perform on your show and then not give her an award, which I right, think like, that speaks right. to the whole kind of why I have opinions about the Grammys, you know, even if I don't always uh, agree with them. I got to say, it's a huge year for some of the biggest stars of the last decade to be nominated in the major four categories. Yeah, we've got uh, Kendrick Lamar. He's up for eight awards. We've got Grammy Candy in the terms of Adele and Brandi Carlisle. Uh, both of them are up for seven awards. Can't have a show without Brandy either. Mary G. Blige. That was actually like a really surprising thing to see. Mm-hmm. Her comeback album, Good Morning Gorgeous, is up for an award. I wake up every morning and tell myself And then, you know, kind of more like the standard chart fair, DJ Khaled, Future, Harry Styles and Taylor Swift, you know, um, names familiar to anybody listening to pop radio. Um, They're all up for six awards, too. with those numbers I did not say this earlier you know Beyonce so she leads the pack with nine and so that makes her tied for the most nominated artist in Grammy history and she's just three Grammy wins behind uh, Georg Solti who was I had to look this up but he was a a longtime conductor he was music director for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra actually which I think is pretty cool he's got 31 trophies she's got 28 so I mean it would be a big deal if if Beyonce was you know the biggest Grammy winner I wonder if an award show like the Grammys is really just trying to get people to show up, like to make sure that like Beyonce and Harry Styles and Bad Bunny will just be here. So I wonder if part of this process, crassly, is just making sure that they have the biggest celebrities sitting in the seats during this award show that at the end of the day is like a televised program that they need to sell ads against. I don't want to be too cynical about it. But I mean, um, I was just reading uh, Iggy Pop won a Lifetime Achievement Award a few years ago. And he was telling the interviewer that, you know, I almost turned it down. His point was that he'd been making music all these years, you know, never had a Grammy before. Like, why are you giving me a Lifetime Achievement Award? Of course, Mm -hmm. he accepted it. But he said that felt like they wanted him to be part of their museum. And he didn't want to be part of their museum. And it does feel that Mm -hmm. way. They're kind of assembling and collecting. Now, Iggy Pop is a Grammy moment. (laughs) That's very funny. Um... (laughs) I don't know. I also just think this was a really big year for pop and mainstream music and charts and streaming does influence how the Grammys are decided, right? Like name recognition, even from a voting standpoint, wins out over quality half the time. Yeah. But it's still interesting who decides not to go, right? I mean, like, so Drake and The Weeknd, okay, you know, they feel snubbed and they don't want to lend their celebrity to this event. Can you, okay, so you're saying they feel snubbed. But they didn't submit to the Grammys this Not year. Not this year, but I mean, the weekend didn't he on his previous album? He kind of went all out and was really hoping mm. for, for the you know to get a Grammy. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen, so I think he's kind of like, uh, you know, take his ball and go home. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Cardi B didn't submit. You know, her big hit a couple of years back. But I think it's interesting that even. You know, the darlings of last year's Grammys, Silk Sonic, that they chose not to submit this year. And you know, they're kind of just mm-hmm. like, oh, we did it last year. You know, peace. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Bruno Mars always wins Grammys if he had submitted. Yeah, like- Bruno Mars can't help but win a Grammy. Put him in a room, he's going <laughs> to win a Grammy. Um, let's run through the big four in, in rapid fire. Let's start with record of the year. <laughs> what is nominated is 
ABBA, Don't Shut Me Down, Adele, Easy On Me, Beyonce, Break My Soul, Brandy Carlisle featuring Lucius, You and Me on the Rock, Doja Cat, Woman, that song feels four years old, Harry Styles, as it was, also feels four years old, Kendrick Lamar, The Heart Part 5, Lizzo, About Damn Time, Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous, Steve Lacey, Bad Habit. Let me preface with saying half of these songs, I dare you to know more than 15 seconds of them because <laughs> they went TikTok viral. Yeah. Mark, what what's going to win? What do you want to win? Let's see. So um, I think that Kendrick Lamar, The Heart Part 5 should win. I mean, there's a few songs on there that we really like, uh, but that that was just kind of a, a tour de force yeah. that, that uh, stood out to me from last year. I, I give it to Adele, uh, Easy On Me. also you know a really good song and just the grammys love adele I, I see her winning and i i do realize you know yeah we got beyonce in the mix again there um break my soul is a great song i i, I don't see it winning but but uh jeremy what do you think yeah i don't see beyonce winning this one this to me is harry styles's category mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i mean as it was as a sort of as a production, as a song, like as sort of a pop cultural moment, I think it was undeniable that that to me had the biggest impact out of all of these. It was also seemed to be like the most original and sort of new, uh, in, like feeling one. You know, it's not the same as it was, as it was, as it was. You know, it's not the same. So that to me feels like this is going to be Harry Styles' uh, year and record of the year. I'm kind of with you on that for what it's worth. I wish that this was a judging situation where they kind of say, okay, each of you get one, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. because I kind of feel like Break My Soul would get one of them Um, or Beyonce, you know, weighing Renaissance against Break My Soul is hard because it was everywhere. This brings me to Song of the Year. Mark, can you explain the difference between Record of the Year and Song of the Year? I'll try my best, every, I'll try my every, best. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the idea is that the Song of the Year goes to, the, you know, I mean, this, it goes to the songwriters and recognizes the songwriting, and Record of the Year recognizes the finished track. Mm-hmm. So for Song of the Year, this year nominated is Adele, Easy on Me, Beyonce, Break My Soul, Bonnie Raitt, Yes, Bonnie Raitt in the cut. Bonnie Raitt, just like that. DJ Khaled featuring Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, John Legend, and Friday, God Did. Gail, ABCDEFU. TikTok. Harry Styles, as it was. Kendrick, The Heart Part 5, Lizzo, About Damn Time, Steve Lacey, Bad Habit, should not be in either of these categories. Taylor Swift, All Too Well, 10-Minute Version, The Short Film. Both of those things in parentheses. I think seeing Bonnie Raitt 
and Gail on here really proves my point that the Grammys are for either the the, the very old or the very young. <laughs> I and went like, to see Bonnie Raitt live this year. I'm sort year. of a man without a country here between these two. Bonnie Raitt's the only one on there, I believe, that uh, I think she's the only person with no co-writes on there. Which, which That's my girl. Be... There we go. Give her the award. No knife can carve away the stain. No drink can drown the grass. They say Jesus brings you peace and grace. Well, he ain't found me yet. Well, yeah, so I also neglected to say you were kind of alluding to this, but aside from being arbitrary, uh, Song of the Year and Record of the Year often go to the same person. So I I -hmm. feel like since I thought Adele's Easy On Me was going to win for Record of the Year, I think Adele's Easy On Me will win for Song of the Year. And then just sticking with the should be the same theme, I, I thought that, you know, Kendrick should take it for record of the year. So I think Kendrick is, is who I would like to see for uh, song of the year. I mean, although I do like As It Was by Harry Styles and kind of that nice 2000s indie rock, like sort of Phoenix vibe. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that'd be fine with me too. Jeremy? I think this is the only category where I think Beyonce can win. So I'm going to- Interesting. I'm hoping Break My Soul is is what wins song of the year. But I, I also think it might go to Harry Styles. I'm rooting for Kendrick to take this one. Mm, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if or when a rapper has won in this category in a while. So I, I think I'm just kind of like spiritually rooting in that direction, though I can also see Adele taking it. Um, I, like the Grammys, will leave Album of the Year for last and instead broach the always confounding and very funny category of best new artist because who knows how they define this we have historically seen that artists that have had releases out already or several albums out get nominated um we've seen extremely famous people win people who have gone on arena tours win this category so the grammys kind of assertion of what a best new artist is is strange okay we've got anita we've got domi and jd beck we've got lotto we've got maniskin we've got molly tuttle money long omar apollo samara joy toby nawigui and wet leg a lot to talk about in this set. A lot I, to quickly Google here. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I have been, you know, I've, I've been, as, as our resident, you know, my title of Grammy expert, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been Googling a lot. And, you know, like, like Money Long, <laughs> who we actually covered this year on the site, she's got a great song that's up for at least one of the R&B awards. It'd be cool to see her win some stuff. Money Long, I think her first album came out in like 2009, um, and mm-hmm. but she's better known as a songwriter behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. so this is kind of her breakout moment. I kind of think Omar Apollo is going to win this one. Mm-hmm. I will be f- laughing if Maniskin wins it. I I can't I I can't with that band. I, I figure, I mean, yeah, Omar Apollo or Domi and JD Beck, who, you know, they, mm-hmm. these virtuosic sort of jazz fusion, but really young. I mean, it'd be really fun to see Wet Leg uh, win. As, I think, as, yeah. I actually think they're a contender. I feel like of this set, 
they had the most crossover breakout buzz Mm -hmm. uh, between kind of the critically acclaimed set and then the rock purists. And it's rare. I mean, it's rare that we get one of those. And, you know, all of the rock boys are really thrilled about that, I'm sure, in the Grammys voting pool. No, they're a fun band. I think that they could get it. I think from looking at this list, Wet Leg is the band that grew the most, yeah. from, probably, and a lot of different age groups too, which is, I think, like, is is interesting thing about that band. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of bands from the Isle of Wight on the Grammy nominees list, right, and right. somehow they made it here. And yeah, they're fun. It would be cool to see something kind of outside the box for the for the Grammys win there. I, I don't know if I'm counting on it. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Album of the year. The big one. Drum roll. We've got ABBA Voyage, Adele 30, Bad Bunny, Un Verano Sinti, Beyonce, Renaissance, Brandy Carlisle, In These Silent Days, Coldplay, Music of the Spheres, Jesus Christ, Harry Styles, Harry's House, Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers, Lizzo, Special, Forgot That Album Came Out This Year, Mary J. Blige, Good morning, gorgeous. Parentheses deluxe. All right, I I think this is interesting. I'm thrilled to see Bad Bunny in the album of the year noms. Biggest album of the year, great album. Um, yeah, just a a fun artist who kind of indicates where music is going. That's it, yeah, a lot more adventuresome than you might have expected in years past. But then again, in years past, they had fewer nominees. Right. Why are they wasting a spot with ABBA? Like what, like, what do they do? I mean, look, I respect that band and they put out 10 to 12 amazing pop songs in the 70s and 80s. But like, what are we doing? Here? Are we overlooking like, what, them? What are we doing? I'm starting to worry, what actually. Because no. like they have that huge tour. I mean, like, do they have a bigger chance? Than... Yeah. They have, yeah. I mean, I think they have a huge fan base. But that album, I, you know, I, I just think they're kind of wasting a spot there. And But I also think they like they're also just throwing Brandy Carlisle in there. Just sort of well, as, now, as, okay. as well, too. Now I'm coming around. Like, they changed the rules to include more people mm-hmm. and check off their inclusivity boxes, but also check off their audience boxes. Yeah. Like, these folks will watch, these folks will watch. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's true. You got you to get all four quadrants. <laughs> Here's the big question. Is Beyonce going to win? That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I 
I feel like Beyonce has to win. Yeah, I mean, in a rare moment of optimism, I think that like she, I think she has to win. I mean, I think they've made these changes to make things more inclusive. I mean, they went 14 years without a black artist winning, and she definitely should have won, in my opinion, at least one of those years, if not two, if not three. You know, um, and uh, yeah, I think you know, Renaissance. It was just a, such a towering statement, and it had kind of a cohesive theme to it. All these things that Grammy voters might like. Uh, if Beyonce doesn't win and she manages to win four awards tonight, she'll have the most Grammys in history and she'll like have only won once in a major category. And I, I think that's beyond embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's going to look really bad. I, I feel two ways about this. My first feeling is that Renaissance as an album critically, I think, is next to Bad Bunny, the strongest album here. And I think in popular culture, there were four to five songs that got plucked from Renaissance and had their own independent moments, right? Cuff It is nominated in an R&B category, um, Break My Soul, obviously, in other categories. Alien Superstar had this whole cultural zeitgeist moment within the queer community. Like, there are all of these songs that independently succeeded. And so that's why I think Renaissance has it going for it. But there was no music video. There was no access to the artist at all and i'm wondering if that will hurt it like a lot of music videos help in award shows see i think we're getting down to it which is that like i don't think beyonce campaigned for this at all Mm -hmm. and i and i think that grammy voters are maybe looking at that and thinking you're putting out a very difficult album with um, it's you know, not a difficult album. I let's. I'm talking about like generally speaking for Grammy voters. Yeah, if you look at like the previous albums that have won, like none of them are as experimental. I feel very worried that the machinations behind it and sort of the administrative things that Beyonce needed to do like didn't happen. Music video being one of them, and I just kind of feel like it's not going to happen for her this year. And I, feel I like- do. Here's my here's my dark thought, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the obvious easy win here is Adele. And it is a loungy album with the great return of one of the strongest voices of our generation. She's been doing these shows in Vegas that I presume people have actually been able to go see. She had this like very intimate and in my mind real meltdown on social media where she showed herself crying about how she doesn't feel like she's up for touring. Um, And she's, like, made herself very accessible in that way, in ways that our biggest divas don't usually do. After being in hiding, you know, I mean, not hiding, but, you know, after being basically unreachable for a couple of years. That would be an Adele three-peat, though. So that's, So here's my, my dark thought is, I wonder if she wins in voting... And they say, we're not going to even deal with this again. Give it to Harry. Mm, dark thought. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that. I like when we're dark because <laughs> I feel like the, if you if you get ahead of it, then you're never disappointed. <laughs> Th- that's where my head's at. Okay. Can we talk about a couple of our own personal snubs from this year's Grammys? Things that we assume or know were submitted that just didn't make it. 
uh, Charlie XCX. Mm-hmm. She got a great record with some good singles on it. Incredible record. Yeah. She was great live this year. Record. Still, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Charlie. So yeah, no, but but um, it wasn't pop too. But it was a great great record. Uh-huh. Rosalia, okay. uh, I think she got a nod in a lesser category, but just you know, Motomami was 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 a killer record. It should have been on 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 more. And then the main thing, you know, R and B. I mean, there there were so many uh, great records this year in R and B that, mm-hmm. that we at Pitchfork really celebrated and just kind of all agreed. It seemed like it felt like we're you know we're we're great. Like Raven Linnae's Hypnos, uh, Sudan Archives, Natural Brown, Prom Queen, and Yaya Bay's Remember Your North Star. I mean, those were some albums that mm-hmm. it would have been cool to have seen instead of. And we'll get to this, but instead of you know Chris Brown in the R and B categories to see a Raven Linnae or a Yaya or Sudan archives would have been really nice. Jeremy, is there anyone that you wish had been in the cut? I am constantly flummoxed that Dan Behar of Destroyer is never nominated. Yeah, I just kind of think he appeals to a, a lot of people who mm-hmm. would, I think, enjoy his records very much. And mm-hmm. I, it's kind of strange to me. And I think he's one of the best songwriters of my generation. Mm-hmm. One positive thing is they've moved away from the like multi-genre collaborations where they'd have these, you know, really Oh forced... my God, Dead Mouse and Foo Fighters. Yes, yes. And, you <laughs> know, yeah, uh, Yo-Yo Ma. Kendrick and, and Imagine Dragons. Who can yes. forget that? Kendrick yes. and Imagine Dragons, right. Yeah, and, and, they, and I think, you know, they changed producers a year or two ago. So it, there's there's hope, you know, that at least that, that corny <laughs> vestige uh, has been discarded. Um, well, let's, let's talk about uh, some of the kind of absurd nominations uh things that are very surprising to us or not surprising in their placement here. um yeah machine gun kelly's erstwhile rapper and now just sort of rocker is, has an album called mainstream sellout that's nominated for best rock album i think that shows uh, how parentally confused the rock category is Can I read out what else is in the rock category? Yeah, please do. (laughs) This is a real remember them situation. Absent idols who are nominated, but so are the Black Mm. Keys, Elvis Costello and the Imposters, Ozzy Osbourne, and Spoon. Wow. Against Machine Gun Kelly. Most of those men are... 40 and above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then DJ Khaled, who doesn't rap, is nominated for Best Rap Album. Um, <laughs> he's a fraud, I think, so um, <laughs> more power to him. There is a lot of rap on DJ Khaled's yeah. albums. They're it's just, just not by him. It's just truly. not him. Yeah. Right. I see in love and she been over once. It's not like I know no for months. This life had allowed me to take what I want. It's not like I know what I want. It's not like I know what I need. I get some time, but there's no guarantees. When I was broke, she was being a tease. Four pockets full, now she's down on her knees. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bjork is a fascinating one because Bjork's nominated. Uh, oh, yeah. And um, I, I've, again, Grammy expert over here. I've been doing some research and, you know, she's been nominated, I think, 16 times, but like going back like almost 30 wow. years, you know, going back to her song, right, Human Behavior, yeah. and she's never won. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she's nominated uh, in the alternative album, Vocal or Instrumental. With Big Thief, Wet Leg, Yeah, Yeahs, and the dreaded Arcade Fire. Mark, unfortunately, is the Arcade Fire drama expert on staff. But the Grammys also don't seem to have, like, a moral backbone around certain things. And there are kind of these confounding nominations where there have been huge 
huge publicly litigated conversations around bad behavior and whether that artist is someone that people want to critically engage with or reward. It's interesting to see Arcade Fire nominated, but there are some others, right, Mark? Yeah, Chris Brown is somebody who pleaded guilty, you know, to assault with Rihanna, which was a long time ago. But there's, you know, allegations in a lawsuit just in the past year or so. And there's just a long string of of things happening with him where it's just like, again, we talked about the great R&B artists last year, you know, Sudan Archives, Raven Linnae, Yaya Bay. And here's Chris Brown again. And then in the the comedy category, we don't need to talk about the allegations with Louis C.K., but it's just, you know, come on, Mm. there's not somebody else funny. I mean, there's so many people out there who are talented doing great stuff. Yeah. And then uh, Dave Chappelle, I mean, do you have to reward the transphobic guy? It doesn't seem like a great look to have him be a nominee. Um, And yeah, I don't know where people fall on all the stuff with Arcade Fire um, after doing the, the reporting on the allegations there. The allegations, to be clear, against Wynn Butler who is the frontman of Arcade Fire. Uh, yeah, sexual assault and various uh, misconduct, um, which he gave us a statement where he acknowledged a lot of the stuff, but said that it was all... Um, consensual. Consensual, and that he had um, a lot of other things going on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all complicated. I don't know, as a human being, as a listener to music, I, I don't know... In my own private time with what I listen to, you know, maybe I would, would handle things differently and you can listen to whatever you want. But when you have a platform, you don't, you don't have to elevate these people. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's so much music that's great. You don't need to keep giving it to Chris Brown. Um, OK, to end on a positive note or a fun note, we're all going to be watching this from different rooms. Mark will be in the press room. I will be in the show. Jeremy will be on Slack with the rest of us. Be in, um, be in the, the crisis suite yeah, with the everybody crisis, here. <laughs> the crisis suite with the rest of Pitchfork. What is the one thing that you just like, yeah, hope happens? I hope the show is under three hours. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I, I, I hope that the performances are good. I think like a show can be saved by fun performances because I think that's what it should be. Like it should feel like a live show with some random awards stuck in between it. And I hope that they move in that direction. This is non-music related, but um, Viola Davis could EGOT. She's up for like a a spoken word uh, award. That's wonderful. Yeah, there's potential for EGOT. I would love that. What about you, Pooja? You know... (laughs) (laughs) absent absent seeing absent seeing beyonce do one of her songs with all of the collaborators from said song on stage yeah yeah i would like to see the bar at crypto.com arena stay open past the first hour of the show nice and you'd like for it to be snacks too well last year last year it was in vegas and there were snacks and the bar stayed open the whole time and mm-hmm. by snacks, I mean there were pretzels and popcorn until they ran out. But it made sitting in a huge room for four hours so much more bearable. <laughs> so that is what I am hoping to see. Is there a bar in the press room? <laughs> I don't know. I'll sneak you one down. <laughs> the pretzels? <laughs> no, you won't. I'll, I'll sneak you some pretzels. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Mark. It was great having thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, really fun being here, guys. Thanks so much, Mark. God, see you at music's biggest night. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> to be clear, I'm excited. You have to 
The Pitchfork Review is a production of Condé Nast. You can find Mark at Mark Hogan on Twitter. You can also read all of our Grammy coverage at pitchfork.com. Catherine Fenelosa at Rococo Punch is our senior producer. James Trout at Rococo Punch is our technical producer. Ryan Domble is our showrunner. Jessica Grimalia is our music supervisor. I'm the editor of Pitchfork, Pooja Patel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nomi Fry, and this week on Critics at Large, we're talking about the delights and shortcomings of the new movie Challengers. It starts Zendaya at the center of a tennis triangle and a very steamy love triangle. Who are her loyalties to? Will she be tempted by the other one? How do these guys reckon their professional playing ambition with their romantic and sexual feelings about this mysterious woman? And such we have it. We have a conflict between three people in a game meant for two. Is it a sports movie or a sex movie? Find out on Critics at Large from The New Yorker. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts.